Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on scripture. Thank you for joining me. trip back in time with me, if you will, to the early 1870s. The era became known as the Gilded Age. It was a time also known as the Second Industrial Revolution. It was an era of blatant materialism and government corruption. Yet amid progress, Reconstruction was still underway in the South after the Civil War. It was a blending of the old times and new times. Out west, the Jesse James Gang was completing the first successful train robbery in that part of the country, and Yellowstone became the country's first national park. Back east, John D. Rockefeller incorporated the Standard Oil Company. The National Weather Service issued its first forecast. Fashion was just more formal, and people traveled by horse-drawn carriage, steamboat, or train. And in that era, if you were a Methodist, you were probably following the tried-and-true methods created by John Wesley by taking part in a class meeting. There, in front of everyone, you would be expected to answer an accountability question. How is it with your soul? Indeed, there's a hymn with an answer to that question. It is well with my soul. And it's that hymn that starts off a new series during the month of May, where we're going to be looking at hymns and where they come from and what messages they share for us. But we'll come back to that hymn in just a little bit. First, I want you to meet someone. I want to introduce you to Horatio Spafford. Horatio is a wildly successful attorney in the Chicago area. He's married with children, a son and four daughters at the start of the 1870s. His legal practice is going really, really well. So well that he decides to invest some of the money that he's been earning in real estate. In fact, he buys a considerable amount of property in Chicago, along the shore of Lake Michigan. Oh, Horatio ran into his share of troubles, just like many other people in that day and age faced. The biggest disappointment to that point in life had been the death of his only son, Horatio Jr., at the age of four, from scarlet fever. But he still had his loving wife, Anna, and he had four beautiful daughters, ages 11, 9, 5, and 2. Life was still pretty darn good for Horatio Spafford. But who exactly was he? Well, we know this. He was a devout Presbyterian, and he had a keen interest in Christian evangelical opportunities in his day. Well-known Christian evangelist D.L. Moody 
founder of the world-renowned Moody Bible Institute, was of particular interest for Horatio, and it appears that he and Moody were friends of some kind. In fact, gospel musician George Stobbins once called Horatio, quote, a man of unusual intelligence and refinement, deeply spiritual and a devoted student of the scriptures, end quote. But Horatio's faith is about to be tested. You see, on October 8, 1871, and going on for three days, there was the Great Chicago Fire. The blaze wiped out almost all of Horatio's real estate ventures along Lake Michigan. By the time the flames were extinguished, more than 300 people had died. Flames had destroyed thousands of buildings. And it cost $200 million in damage. That's in 1871 dollars. If that happened today, we'd be measuring it in the numbers of billions of dollars. But that wasn't the end of the bad luck for Horatio Spafford. It's now 1873. D.L. Moody had planned an evangelism trip to Great Britain, and Horatio wanted to go. He also thought it might be a good respite for his family after the trials of the last couple of years. But just before the date of the trip, a business venture came up, and it was too good to pass up. So Horatio sent his wife and four daughters aboard the steamship Via de Havre with the idea that he would leave only a few days behind them. But then tragedy struck. On the trip to Britain, the ship carrying Horatio Spafford's family collided with the British vessel Lockhearn. The Via de Havre sunk in less than 12 minutes. A few days later, Horatio Spafford received a cable from his wife, Anna. It told the story in just two painful words. Saved alone. Those are haunting words, aren't they? Daughters Annie, Maggie, Bessie, and Tanetta had died. We'll come back to Horatio's story in a few moments, but I think it's appropriate to pause here for our scripture lesson for this episode. It's another story about problems at sea, and we'll be picking up right after Jesus has been spending all day teaching large groups of people in parables. So let's read Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Later that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd and took him in the boat just as he was. Other boats followed along. Gale-force winds arose, and waves crashed against the boat, so that the boat was swamped. But Jesus was in the rear of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. They woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? He got up and gave orders to the wind, and he said to the lake, Silence, be still. The wind settled down, and there was a great calm. Jesus asked them, Why were you frightened? Don't you have faith yet? Overcome with awe, they said to each other, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Jesus and his disciples set out for what they think will be a peaceful trip from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. And as is very possible on that large body of water, a storm kicks up high waves that crash into the boat. 
But the disciples have one very important passenger that the steamliner carrying Horatio Spafford's family did not. Jesus Christ himself is on board. In fact, he's still at peace. He's calm. He's asleep. The disciples have been with Jesus for a while now, so you could argue that they should have known better. But I think like most of us, well, they were fearful. They see the relatively small boat they're traveling in taking on water against extremely large waves. They're in danger of drowning. Their lives are now in a torrent of uncertainty. They're too far from shore, and there's no rescue in this era in world history. But let's pause for just a moment. Can we give them just a little bit of credit? I mean, although they kind of chew on or complain to Jesus, asking him how he can be so calm when it looks like they're all going to die, let's give them a few props, because at least they went and woke Jesus up. They assumed that he could do something about their predicament. Maybe they just didn't know what. And indeed, Jesus comes through. He calms the storm that the disciples are fighting against. He says, peace, be still. And the wind stops. The waters go from white caps to calm. And then Jesus basically says, Hey, what did you expect? And why were you afraid when you knew I was with you the entire time? I wonder if Horatio Spafford felt the tempest raging in his life when he received that cable news about the loss of all four of his children. I wonder if he felt tossed around just as the disciples actually were tossed around on their boat that day. The winds of his life had been on the rise since the death of his son. The gusts got much, much more intense with the Great Chicago Fire. But the loss of his family, well, that had to seem like he himself was sinking into the abyss. I think we would all forgive Horatio Spafford if he'd been angry or if he had a crisis of faith at that moment, after so many bad things had happened to him in just a few short years' time. After all, this man was a devout Christian. Many of us tend to think the same thing when we get bad news or bad things happening directly to us. After all, he was headed to Britain to help with one of those great evangelists of his day. Shouldn't that be cause for reward instead of sorrow? You don't have direct access to one of the great theologians of our day, But you may feel like you've lived your life as best you can according to what God asks of you. So why should something bad happen to you? I think we've all been there at some point. We've all maybe asked that question of ourselves. But Horatio Spafford doesn't have that reaction at all. As the story goes, Spafford started writing a poem as he traveled to be with his wife. He apparently wrote the bulk of it just after traveling over the very spot his children's ship sank. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. Wow, talk about lament. Horatio acknowledges that he's been hit by sorrow after sorrow. They keep washing over him like tides crashing into him. But it doesn't end there. He goes on. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Regardless of the circumstance, though, Horatio Spafford also is acknowledging that above all, he holds God first in his life, 
And as the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament lesson from Philippians 4, 4 through 8, be glad in the Lord always. So not just when times are good. The peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. It's not easy to rejoice when we lose someone or when we have colossally bad luck. But we can do it because, as that passage concludes, quote, the God of peace will be with you, end quote. The disciples sought out Jesus when they thought they were going to drown. He was with them. Horatio Spafford found peace in his relationship with Jesus when he lost his children because Horatio understood that Jesus was there with him amid the heartache. No doubt Jesus calmed the storm in Horatio Spafford as he crossed that ocean to be with his wife. And Jesus can calm the storms in our lives as well. If we're willing to seek him out and let him into our boat while we cross our seas of sorrows. I'm happy to say that Horatio Spafford's story doesn't end on this tragic note. He and his wife, in fact, have two more daughters. Together, they and some other Christian friends relocated to Jerusalem where they founded the American Colony, an organization that cared for the sick and destitute in the Holy Land. Horatio eventually died in 1888 from malaria. Anna lived until 1923. One of their daughters, Bertha Spafford Vesper, wrote about their time of service in the Holy Land in a book titled, Our Jerusalem. So next time you feel down, or the next time you suffer loss, I want you to remember Horatio Spafford. I want you to remember how Jesus calmed the physical storm on the Sea of Galilee, and how he calmed the storm in Horatio's life. And I want you to be able to answer when you're asked, always, Indeed, it is well with my soul. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.